What is going on, beautiful people? Another week, another episode of the Quarterly Report. I'm feeling geeked up right now. You know what I'm saying? We are hours away from the NBA draft if you're listening to this, as you should, each and every Thursday. So you know I'm excited. My Knicks, we're drafting number nine. I'm sure we're going to make a mistake, but that let's not worry about that. This part right here, the intrigue, right? The, the drama, that's what I live for as a Knicks fan. There's like four weeks out the year where you can be excited as a Knicks fan, and this is absolutely one of them. We're going to talk about that a little bit later in the show, but first, obviously you know who I am. I am Armand Lee. Let me let you know what's coming up on this week's show. Special guest, I'm really excited about this, my guy Brendan Darr, producer of the Grant and Danny show on 106.7 The Fan. He's going to stop by. He actually has his own World Cup podcast. We're going to break down the World Cup. I'm going to ask him why DC Radio doesn't give the Wizards and the NBA its proper love, in my opinion, at least. This is coming from somebody who, I'm not just saying this because he's on the show, Grand Danny is literally the one, one of only two DC radio shows I actually enjoy. So I'm going to ask my guy, Brendan, that very question. You're not going to want to miss that interview. Plus, the summer months give me an opportunity because there are no NBA games going on. Gives me an opportunity to let my mind go wild. So I have some ideas that I think will make the NBA an even better league, starting with one thing, I think that can change super teams as we know it. If you think the Golden State Warriors are ruining basketball, I have the solution that will put an end to all of that. That's going to be in our fourth quarter. You're not going to want to miss that. All that and so much more. But first, our number one topic this week. First quarter. This is probably the second year in a row, third year in the last four seasons, where the offseason in the NBA is significantly more interesting than the NBA Finals. Now, this past year, I enjoyed the playoffs, but the finals itself, eh, they weren't really that good, right? The finals, trash. We knew what was going to happen, and besides games one and games three, they weren't really very much, there wasn't, there wasn't any excitement, there wasn't any intrigue, and again, it was a foregone conclusion. We all knew who was going to win. However, for the NBA, the, 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 the fact that they can even sidestep the fact that the finals were bad, the ratings dipped a little bit, but everybody's now, the antennas are up, right? Tonight is the draft, and if you're in D.C., make sure you're at Half Smoke uh, off of Florida Avenue. Uh, my guy Troy Halliburton is throwing a Wizards viewing party for the draft. It's going to be really, really dope. Make sure you go to Half Smoke. Uh, it's in Washington, D.C., right off of Florida Avenue, Northeast. It's going to be a really fun time. A lot of Wizards uh, personalities, writers, bloggers, and, you know, yours truly will be there. So come out, have some drinks with us, and enjoy the draft. But the draft is tonight, and everyone's excited because there's this, this year's class is so deep, so deep. And there's a legit shot that if you are a team, I told you earlier, the Knicks are drafting nine. There's a real shot we draft a, a legit player. The Wizards are drafting 15. There's a real shot that they draft a real player. There's talent all up and down this, this class. And there's excitement before, for it, right? But even overshadowing the draft, listen to this. LeBron James's third quote-unquote decision is upcoming. July 1st, free agency begins. But maybe even overshadowing that this weekend, Kawhi Leonard lets the world know that he wants out of San Antonio. 
Now, there have been rumors, essentially since the calendar turned over the 2018, that the Spurs and Kawhi, there were rumblings. Obviously, Kawhi's injury was super questionable. Like, nobody knew what was going on. The entire playoffs happened. Kawhi wasn't even with the team. He was over in New York with his family and his doctors. There's clearly some type of trust that has been broken. But during the playoffs, in the finals specifically, there were some rumors like, okay, maybe they're mending defenses. Kawhi wants a Supermax. Nah, buddy. Supermax be damned. Multiple reporters had this, meaning Kawhi's camp or the Spurs camp, one of the two, let this out. Because everybody had it. Not just Shams. Not just Woj. Chris Evans. Mark Spears. Chris Mannix. Anybody who covers the NBA, anybody who is a reliable source had that, yes, Kawhi wants out. And it feels like there's no turning back here. This We have come to the point where Kawhi Leonard and the San Antonio Spurs, their paths, you know, they're done. Like they're going their own separate paths coming up sooner rather than later. And it got me thinking, man, because, you know, I love the NBA. If you're an NBA junkie like myself, you know, trade machine is bookmarked so you know me instantly i think boom Kawhi leonard is available he's 26 he's one of the five best players in the league of course the knicks have absolutely nothing to offer the spurs to get him so once we got that out the way i started coming up with team like what are the best deals available for Kawhi? like who has a legit shot because everybody started running with this this lakers theory right the Lakers are going to trade for Kawhi and then LeBron and Paul George are going to come there and then boom they're going to have a big three and that big three will compete with the Warriors and in my opinion if those three players were to play on the same team they'd beat the Warriors maybe not so much with Paul George but LeBron and Kawhi they get Paul George Bill Simmons threw out Damian Lillard's name for some reason whatever the case you got LeBron and Kawhi on the same team you got a real good shot you know what I'm saying you got a really good shot so I started thinking, okay, well, who are some teams who would be able to get in the mix? And before I could really compile a list, fans, you know, you got to be careful on social media. I know this, right? I'm a 35-year-old man. But from time to time, I have to remind myself that, you know, social media isn't any type of indicator on society's views at large, okay? At least I hope so. Because you, I was amazed that the number of people were like, I wouldn't trade this, this, this for Kawhi. I, I literally had to log off. I was like, okay. I don't know who these people are. I have to check myself before I even engage with some of these people. Like People will tweet at me or ask me questions on Twitter, whatever the case may be. And if you're a listener, I love you. I appreciate it. But oftentimes, man, I... I pride myself on having a fun show, but a show that's kind of smart, right? And the emails I get overwhelmingly coming come from smart people who love smart sports conversation. They love to have fun. Don't get me wrong. I'm not on some, you know, button-up type. Nah, Joe, I like to have fun. I hope you guys enjoy and think the show is fun. But at the same time, I feel like there is still a foundation of like, yo, let's you can disagree with me. I can disagree with you. But there's a certain level of understanding, right? And, and um, um, it's a, a, a level of understanding and a level of, I don't, I don't, I don't want to come off as obnoxious, but like, uh, 
you know, we have bright conversations here on the show. And I engage with bright people on Twitter. I love it. But if you're going to tell me that, you know, the Sixers shouldn't trade Robert Covington and Dario Sarge and Markel Fultz for Kawhi Leonard, I, I don't even know what we're talking about. If you're a Boston Celtics fan saying, oh, man, I wouldn't give up Jalen Brown and Gordon Hayward, they they off limits. I had a buddy of mine. This is somebody I know personally. It was like, man, I wish the Knicks could get Kawhi, but I wouldn't give up Kristaps. Uh, I damn near hung up the phone. Understand. I don't know if it's because this past season happened. It, it, it has to be. You know, we all suffer from varying degrees with recency bias. The last image of Kawhi Leonard is him injured. That's, that's literally the last thing that we have of him. So people forget, even though it's just one year, People have it in their heads that Kawhi Leonard is a so-so player. And I'm thinking to myself, Kawhi Leonard was first team all NBA last year. He's a, he's a two-time defensive player of the year. He's a finals MVP, multiple-time all-NBA player, multiple-time all-star, and he's 26 years old. 26. Listen to me. I'm, and I'm not being hyperbolic when I say this. I promise you. Outside of Steph Curry, for reasons, not just basketball reasons, Steph Curry means the world to the Warriors. And they are two-time champions. You're not going to break that up. But outside of Steph Curry, the face of the Warriors, and Anthony Davis, and LeBron just because he's LeBron, right? You know what I'm saying? Even though if you're Cleveland and you could get Kawhi by trading LeBron, I'd do it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If that's all, if San Antonio's like, yo, we'll trade you Kawhi for LeBron, and LeBron's like, cool, I'll do it. Because I'm not going to stay here anyway. I'd do it. So really, Steph Curry. Anthony Davis, everybody else I would trade for Kawhi Leonard. Everybody else. Giannis, I'd trade him. We, we're all wondering when Giannis is going to develop a jump shot. Guess what? Kawhi already has one. The only, I mean, and there, there's some, you know, circumstances around certain players, right? Jason Tatum, if you're a Boston Celtics fan, then you're like, yo, I'm not going to trade Jason Tatum for Kawhi Leonard. Because you would have to give up more because Tatum is on his rookie contract. So you're, you're going to have to add on. Obviously, I get that. You know, players who have, like, special abilities and they're young, there's really not ever – there's not ever going to be a, a trade that really works out. However, I don't ever want to hear a Celtic fan say they wouldn't trade Jason Tatum for Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is the next LeBron James in terms of not saying he's going to be one of the greatest players of all time. But Anthony Davis is going to be the guy, in my opinion, who will be the best player in basketball for a significant amount of time. Like he's going to be this generation's best. Every generation has two or three guys who are far and away better than everybody else. Right. Anthony Davis has cemented his spot as whenever LeBron sits down, whenever LeBron declines and it's over for LeBron, like we know his successor. I'm getting off track. I don't want to, because this is not about Anthony Davis. This is about Kawhi. I was, I was surprised at so many fan bases saying, nah, I'm not going to give up Jalen Brown and some picks for Kawhi Leonard. What the hell is wrong with y'all, Joe? Kawhi Leonard. Everybody could get traded for low Kawhi Leonard if he's, he passed, if he's healthy and he's willing to resign. But let me tell you the stuff that really got to me. As y'all know, I'm out in Largo, Maryland, right outside D.C. I follow the Wizards. They're not my favorite team, but I enjoy them. 
And I want to see them do well. You know, I, I when the Wizards are playing well, it's it's just fun. They're a fun team. When they're in the playoffs, man, they have a certain bravado. They have a moxie. It's not really deserved, but I appreciate it. It's fun to watch them. And I want and I like John Wall. I want John Wall to succeed because he gets a lot of hate for like for silly reasons. So I'm thinking, okay, boom, I talked about this back in the trade deadline, back in February. And I was like, yo, if you're the Wizards, Bradley Bill, Otto Porter, Sadoransky, if you have to, for Kawhi Leonard and Powell Gasol or something along those lines, right? If, and, and for those of you saying, oh, you can't have Powell because then you'll have Powell, Gortat, and Mahimi. I think you could move Gortat. There are, there are some moves to be made for Gortat. Hell, trade Gortat in the second round pick to New York for Courtney Lee. Boom, you got there, you know? But I digress. We're not talking about the Knicks. I'm in a good mood. But I think, like, if the Wizards wanted to get Kawhi, they'd have the second best realistic package. Because there's no doubt that Otto would thrive in the Spurs. And I feel like Pop and the Spurs, that they would want Otto Porter. But, you know, Otto Porter's perceived value is so low that you're not just going to trade the, one of the five best players in the league for Otto Porter. That's just not going to happen. So you got to add in something else. And, look, I've talked that nauseum. When, when, when your team is built through your backcourt, you better have a Steph Curry. You better have an Isaiah Thomas, you know. You better have one of the best players ever because every other team who tries to do it, you just not only do you not become a championship contender, you don't even become a, a finals contender. See Portland, see Toronto. So it's time to break John and Brad up. I'm sorry. I know y'all love him, but come on. You mean to tell me you wouldn't want to see John Wall with a top five player? You wouldn't want to instantly improve defensively with Kawhi? Kawhi Leonard would instantly be the best player to ever wear Wizards across his chest. And there were people telling me, nah, I'm not willing to give up Brad Nato. What you talking about? They lost to the Raptors. Like, if LeBron leaves the East, there is an opening, a real opening. And I love John, but damn it, let's be honest. His game probably doesn't age well. So you got like four to five years to get on it. To really get on it. And you mean to tell me you're not going to break up, you're not going to trade for one of the five best players who's younger than John, who's younger than John, only a year and a half older than Brad and Otto because you like because you like these guys, because you like the House of Guards nickname? Y'all better wake up. Boston Celtics fans, hello? I get it if you don't want to trade Jason Tatum because I honestly, I wouldn't want to, the only person I would probably trade Tatum for is AD. But Jalen Brown, oh, his ass can go for Kawhi Leonard. Absolutely. Because here's the thing. If the Celtics don't get Kawhi, guess where he probably goes? Philadelphia, Cleveland. So you have an opportunity to get one of the five best players. And you're going to say no because Jalen Brown may, may. You're going to say no to a winning lottery ticket because of a chance at a scratch off? That just doesn't make any sense. None at all. And the Lakers, man, look, bro, I'm so sick and tired of hearing about the Lakers. I know Laker fans are excited, but let's be for real. Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma, and Brandon Ingram is not some fantastic package because that means you also got to add in the wild thing, and nobody wants the wild's contract. 
everybody on the media has been act, acting like the Lakers got the Celtics package or the Lakers have Philadelphia's youth of talent. Kyle Kuzma is cool. He's good. Lonzo Ball is cool. His daddy's crazy. Ain't nobody really trying to rock with that. Can you imagine Greg Popovich dealing with LeVar? It's not going to happen. Brandon Ingram, do we even know how good he is? It's almost time to pay him. So that's not really an attractive asset. I mean, like, everybody's acting like the Lakers got the, the, the you know, the golden touch to get this, this super team. And I'm thinking the Lakers youth package isn't that good. They don't even have their pick this year. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, get out of here with that. To me, if we are ranking the best packages available, realistic, right? Because you're not gonna don't they're not gonna trade, you know, the Warriors aren't gonna trade Kevin Durant for Kawhi Leonard. I, I hope not. So that would be crazy. Right? But the realistic, I think if Boston wants to add Jalen Brown, Gordon Hayward, and multiple picks for Kawhi and Powell or Danny Green, one of those big contracts, they trump everybody because the, the Celtics have just so many assets. We've talked about this in the past, whether it's Kyrie, Terry Rozier. Obviously, I think Tatum is off limits, but Jalen Brown, Gordon Hayward, Al Horford, Memphis is picked in 2019. Sacramento's pick in 2019. Their own pick into that. I mean, they just got so many assets that if Boston really wants somebody, Boston will be able to get them. Secondly, I think the Wizards, I really do. I think if the Wizards really want Kawhi Leonard and they were willing to offer Bradley Bill and Otto Porter and maybe Sadoransky, that's a lot to give up. But man, this ain't this ain't fantasy league, Joe. We're not going after the dumb guy in your league and everybody tries to get over on him. We're talking about the San Antonio Spurs. You mean to tell me you don't think the Spurs know they got one of the five best players? Who's the last team to get over on the Spurs in the trade? The Chicago Bulls. That didn't happen in the 90s, bro. It's not going to happen anymore. So it's not going to be Bradley Bill in, in 15 for Kawhi. It's, it's not going to happen. Let's be real. You're going to have to give to get. And again, Bradley Bill, Otto Porter, Sadoransky, uh, Whomever you want to name, it's, it's tough. Yeah, it's a lot. But the Wizards lost in the first round. So it's not really like those guys are really making this a championship organization. A finals MVP? I don't know. <laughs> I think I think Kawhi Leonard's better than Bradley Bill, don't you? So I think the Wizards, if they wanted to, and man, that's a hell of a snag, bro. Think about it. Boston and Philadelphia have passed up Washington in terms of, of comp competing in the Eastern Conference. So if LeBron is to leave, the East is wide open, but the Wizards, they lost their spot. They lost to Toronto. So Toronto, you got to put Toronto ahead of Washington. Boston, Philadelphia. Giannis finally has a head coach. So a team, the Wizards, who, who thought of themselves just last year as a team competing for the second or third best spot in the East, now... You squint hard enough, you can say maybe four or five of them. And don't forget about Indiana who's getting better and who's younger. So, like, you know, you got to act. Complacency is a cousin for death. If you don't act, man, you get left behind real quick in the NBA. So I really think the Wizards and Wizards fans should consider this.
because I think you want to you want to compete in the East with Boston and Philadelphia. You better get you some. You better get you some 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 horses. And I like I like Otto. Y'all know I love Otto. And I was wrong about Brad, but yo, that stable's kind of thin. Besides John, then I think Philadelphia has a great case. I think it's Dario Saric, Robert Covington, and Markel Fultz is a great package for Kawhi. You get the former number one overall pick who still got three years on his deal. Covington just signed a four-year extension. And Dario, who is the quintessential San Antonio Spur player, a big man, skilled, who can shoot, pass, and dribble. I think that works. But the Lakers, I don't know what y'all see. And I don't know what y'all see with that. Hell, I think the Clippers could offer a better package than the Lakers. But we'll see. Because, again, like I said earlier, this offseason, once again, is better than the NBA Finals. And unlike the Finals, we're going to get more than four days. You know, free agency starts July 1st. Where's LeBron going to go? Where's Kawhi going to go? Is he going to go anywhere? What happens with Clint Capella? Are the Raptors going to trade DeMar DeRozan? There's so much to happen. Are the Lakers going to sign Paul George? So much can happen. Where's Chris Paul going? I love it. I love it more than the finals. And on the surface, it seems like a bad thing, but the NBA, they, they play their cards well. Adam Silver, is he's a sharp man. But that doesn't mean all is well in the NBA. In our, in, in our fourth quarter, I'm going to give them some advice to help them make their finals better in the future. It's something that you're definitely going to want to stick around. But before we get to the fourth quarter and before we get to the second quarter, a little bit of house cleaning. Make sure you email me. If you want to get in contact with me. If you think you know that the Wizards should trade Bradley Bill out of Porter or you think your favorite team should get in the Kawhi Leonard sweepstakes that I'm overlooking, email me at quarterlyreport at gmail.com. That's quarterly, Q-U-A-R-T-E-R-L-E-E, report at gmail.com or you can tweet at me tweet at the show we're at quarterly show q-u-a-r-t-e-r-l-e-e show again i love to hear from you guys interact with me interact with the show let me know your thoughts what you like what you don't like or if you disagree with something bring it on man i love interacting with you guys so get engaged with the show all right so that's the first quarter but we're going to keep things moving for our second topic this week Second quarter. If you've been listening to the show for the past month or so, you know that we've been really getting into music recently. And we're going to continue that because the past month or so, Kanye West's label, Good Music, Getting Out Our Dreams, have they've been on this rollout of new albums released each and every Friday. And it got me thinking because I don't know about you guys. I swore off Kanye West. But it's hard for me to swear on Kanye West if he's producing Pusha T or working with Kid Cudi or even producing. Not oh! Damn it. I've been having a really good few weeks, devil. But of course, you got to rear your ugly head just as the temperature starts to rise, man. What the hell you want, bro? Long time no see, Armand. <laughs> I see you're going to church and saying your prayers. It makes me think that you don't like me in your life anymore. I'd hate to ramp things up to make sure that you don't forget about me. Well, let's just play our game of devil's advocate and let bygones be bygones. Sound fun? This week, I want you to play devil's advocate. 
and let the world know that Nas's Nasir album is the best album thus far from the Good Music Camp. Huh, okay. I think I actually could get down with this. This is probably one of your best uh, ideas of playing devil's advocate that you've had in a while. All right, well, you know what? Here goes nothing. Who cares that it's only been out for less than a week? In today's time, in this day and age, people anoint albums classics after just a mere few hours. But Nas, after six years off, and look, Life is Good was a hell of an album, despite the fact that some of the more recent news about Nas and his marriage has kind of put that whole album in some of the subject matter in a different light. Um, Nas, we all know he's one of the greats. In my opinion, he's the second greatest rapper of all time. And now he's got a whole album devoted not to devoted completely to just Kanye beats. And look, there's only seven songs, but there's no doubt you listen to those seven songs. The music sonically is top notch. And you look, man, we know Daytona was a hell of an album. Push had a lot of stuff to get off his chest. And he was playing chess with the biggest rapper of all time. So, you know, in many ways, you know, and again, as a Pusha T fan, this is coming with nothing but love. But there's not a lot of range in a Pusha T album. You know what you're going to get. You know what he's talking about. And he doesn't deviate from from that. There's a lot of drug dealing going on. Okay. Uh, Kids, he ghost. Dope album. I love that album. Right. But again, is that even a rap album? I don't even know what you would call it. And, you know, they they are in a different lane. You know what I'm saying? It's a very good album. Again, musically, it's amazing. Cuddy, he's not even rapping. <laughs> I don't think Cuddy raps on a single song in that joint. Maybe one. And Kanye, you know, he's getting busy. But who's a better rapper? Like, seriously, Kanye or Nas? Let's keep it honest. And we ain't even going to talk about the gay album. You know, come on. Let's be for real. So, without question, it has to be the Nas album. Despite the fact that it hasn't been out for a full week. Despite the fact that, you know, there's some subject matters that he, I feel he should have talked about. And despite the fact that it's been a long delay. He has seven songs to get whatever he wanted to talk about off his chest. There are a lot of topics that he missed, but there's still a lot of topics that he touched on. And uh, yeah, man, Kanye West, Kid C Ghost, and Pusha T all have a different audience, all have different angles and different subject matters that they, that they like to address. Nas seemingly is the perfect balance between all four of them because he can, you know, step in each arena and sound intelligent and make great music no matter what he's talking about. He's a more diverse artist. He's an artist who has a, an amazing pen and an artist who really has the depth when it comes to different subjects and topics. So, yeah, Nazir is the best album thus far from the Good Music family. Wow, Armand, you really are Nas fan. I can't believe you think Nazir is better than Daytona. I'm almost shocked and appalled that you believe that. I gotta go. But uh, the way things are going in your native country, you'll see me and my actions around soon enough. <laughs> Hell no, nah, I don't agree with that. Look, 
Um, you know, we like to have fun on this show. Like I said in the first quarter, you know, Devil's Advocate is definitely a a, a vehicle that we that I use a lot to to kind of touch on topics that you know other people may have discussed. But I do want to kind of dig in a little bit deeper because this week, especially with music, it's been kind of it's been kind of crazy, man. Like you know, Nas came out. And I talked about this a few weeks ago. I love Nas. I'm a huge Nas fan. But, you know, I can't divorce, I can't ignore, you know, the allegations that were laid toward him by his former wife. You know, this was the first time, you know, the the good music series, if you will, they've all been seven songs. And for Daytona, that was the first album that came out. That seven felt perfect. Like Daytona feels like a great album. It doesn't really ask you. It doesn't leave you want. I mean, you want more, but it's fulfilling. You know, you got what you wanted. And a lot of that happens because, again, Pusha isn't necessarily the the most, you know, diverse rapper when it comes to storylines and subject matter. He's really good at what he does. I've been a fan of Pusha since I was a teenager, and he sticks to his script. I mean, the really only thing I I would ask for when it came to Daytona would be, I wish he had another verse on hard piano. But other than that, I would have to say that Daytona was perfect. I didn't listen to Kanye's album. And this is another issue that I have with myself. I swore off Kanye. You know, I was like, you know what? He said some real dumb stuff. Y'all all heard it. And I'm not even talking about his political beliefs. Look, you don't have to know me personally or listen to the show. I try to keep my political beliefs, you know, away from the show when it needs to be. Right. I'll, I'll, I'll say what I need to say when I feel like there's a place for it. But I don't just throw my my beliefs in there, per, you know, flippantly. But make no mistake, I don't agree with anything Kanye West has aligned himself with over the past year plus. Okay, if you know me, you 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 get it. You already know. And if I think you could probably dot the eyes if you've listened to the show for any significant amount of time. But I'm not even complaining about his MAGA hats and him taking pictures with the president. Like you go on a, a huge platform as a superstar that Kanye West is, and you talk about how slavery was a choice. Nah, bro, I, I don't want to hear anything you had to say. So. You know, I and, and, and we've discussed this in the past as well. I don't I don't tell people what they should or shouldn't listen to, what they should or should buy, what they should or should or should or shouldn't, you know, where they should uh, spend their money or watch on television, if you will. We all have uh, what we all have the capacity. We all have a certain line within ourselves that we know, OK, you know what? This is too much for me. I'm done here. And it's not the same for everybody. There are certain sensitivities that I have that you won't have and vice versa. And that's cool. As long as we think like that, you know, and understand, you know what? I probably spend my money or spend my time or invest energy on things that are awful that really bother you. Whereas there are things that I can't stand and wouldn't even give a second look at. There are things that that, that I feel that strongly about that you may not. And that's all good. Kanye West, he is one of those things. But 
if I'm being honest, I got to call myself out on my own BS. Kanye West said something stupid. And I won't buy a Kanye West album. I, I don't have the desire to. But I wasn't really that big of a Kanye West fan to begin with. I'm not saying that he, I didn't buy old Kanye West albums or I didn't enjoy them. You know, I've had this conversation with a few of my homeboys for a few times now. I don't think College Dropout aged well. I remember when I first heard it, I loved it. Like everybody did. I just loved it. You know, we, we about over a decade later. It don't, to me at least, it don't really rock the same. I still love Late Registration. I still love my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. 808, 808s and Heartbreaks is still dope. But College Dropout? Nah. And I never thought Graduation was a dope album anyway. It was cool, but it wasn't nothing special. So how significant is me not listening, like me cutting off Kanye? That doesn't really move anything, right? Because I didn't like him. And dig this. I don't like Kanye West. But I do like Kid Cudi. In fact, I will swear off Kanye West, but I can't even swear off a Kanye West album with Kid Cudi because I love Cudi so much. Right? Cudi is my favorite artist. Not just rapper, my favorite artist. We talk, if we talk about his totality of, of work that he's put out. Mixtapes to now. I like Pusha T so much that I will buy or stream a Pusha T album even though Kanye West is executive producing it and it has a verse on it. You feel me? So how big is how big is my sacrifice, quote unquote? You know, there were a lot of people who who like swore off Starbucks and they were proud to let you know about it. And look, I'm not knocking anybody. You do you. But I don't like coffee. So I'm not, you know, I'm not, uh, you know, stopping, boycotting, you know, Starbucks. That That's nothing to, to, to be proud of because I don't ever go there. You know, me not listening to Kanye West isn't any type of sacrifice because I don't like his music, regardless of his foolish comments. But the problem lies that the problem that I have within myself, okay, and I'm being straight up with y'all, man, because I felt conflicted. Nas's album came out, I guess, late Friday, early Saturday. And I talked to you about Nas's problematic behavior. And I ain't going to lie, man. I downloaded it. Streamed it two times. The first two things I did Saturday morning, outside of dropping my daughter off to her grandmother, you know, was listen to Nas twice. And, man, I felt shitty. I ain't going to lie. As I'm listening to the album, liking it, enjoying it, I'm feeling. To, I'm thinking to myself, bro, what are you doing? Like he doesn't even talk about the allegations. Size Euro stepped them joints. Manu Ginobili with it didn't even address a single bar for it. Talked about his ch children, you know. Talked about you know children dying in the streets. Talked about all this stuff. Talked about not getting a radio. Like all this stuff. People being afraid of black bodies. The whole nine. But you ain't talking about your ex-wife accusing you of, of, of beating her? I don't know, bro. I, I like to think of myself as uh, 
you know, nobody's perfect, but I like to think that I'm growing. You know, I'm getting better at some of these things. And it's easy for me to not listen to Kanye West, but it's hard for me to not listen to an album that Kanye West's DNA is all over. It's easy for me not to listen to Ye. It was impossible, at least for me, not to listen to Kids See Ghost. So I listened to Nas twice, and I was like, man, you know what? I got to stop. I got to stop. And then Monday happens, right? Monday happens, and everything kind of just like, boom. And if you're, not, if you're not familiar with what I'm talking about, I'm talking about Triple uh, X Tencacion, right? And I'm 35 years old, bro. There was a, an amazing article. Uh, I think it was on The Ringer. Like Sean, I forget the, the gentleman's name. And he was talking about like the generational divide, the generational gap within hip hop, right? And hip hop has always been a young man's game and it's always going to be that. And I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that because there, there are a lot of young guys who, who everybody sizes and, 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 and loves that are hot right now that it's just not even for me. I'm not knocking it. I'm not hating. I just know. That's cool. That's what they like. That's just not my, my, my move. That's not how I'm getting down. And that's fine, right? It's generational divide. I'm, I'm, I'll be 36 at the end of the year. I'm not listening to some of these dudes. There's no hate. It's just ain't for me. You feel me? So the only thing I knew about X were the, the hideous and horrendous uh, allegations that were made against him. You know, before he started popping or before I knew, I again, I don't know any music from this young man. I just know the allegations, the, the like the awful nature of what he was accused of doing. I'm not going to spend this time knocking him or talking about um, these allegations. You, If you don't know, if you're curious, you can Google it. Uh, his name is everywhere right now. Unfortunately, if you are not familiar, the young man who was 20, he was tragically murdered. I want to say Monday, maybe it was Tuesday. It was Monday or Tuesday. And, you know, again, I don't know anything about him, but, you know, I go to the barber. I'm bald. I, don't, I can't grow hair, but I got a beard. So I get my shape up. And the young boys, summer's out, right? So you know how it is. Young boys always at the barbershop. And the young boys that, you know, I, over time I've, I've grown to know and talk with. I, I enjoy talking to these young kids, man, and they was they were rocked. They were hurt when I talked to them on Wednesday. Just like, still. You know, I, I play basketball. I do some running. Young boys, they all over the gym now, summertime. They were hurt. Like, this dude, this rapper X, really touched these guys. And, you know, I, I'm having a conversation with them, you know, talking about trying to pass down my, you know, 30-something knowledge. As someone who lived through, you know, big and pocket and new friends who loved Pac, who were like diehard Pac fans and how it hit them. But I also wanted to kind of give some knowledge to them, be like, yo, you know, be careful with whom the people that you really idolize and look up to. Understand that nobody is perfect and appreciate their art, but understand some of the stuff that they do are extremely problematic. And again, I'm not going to. This this is not knocking the dead. I'm not doing that. I'm not going to do that. But as I'm trying to talk to these young boys, you know, just seeing where their head's at and kind of 
doing what I got to do, you know, just talking, right? Trying to talk to these people. It, I, had to, I had to check myself. You feel me? All Tuesday, you saw people online, I mean, on every end of the spectrum, wishing this young man dead, all types of crazy stuff. And on the other end of the spectrum, talking about excusing his behavior, comparing him to Maya Angelou and Malcolm X. That was literally a thing. So I'm just like, what is going on? Because, again, I don't know him. His music I'm not familiar with. And it's clear he has impacted a lot of people, right, in life. And then the tragic way his life ends, and don't even get me started on the people who are just recording it. Like, that's that's a whole, that's a black mirror story, right? People are so caught up on getting the video online that they just watch a man die. You know what I'm saying? Like so, But I'm not even talking about that. I have to check myself because these kids, as they're going on and talking, and, and, and what I received it as making excuses, excusing some of this awful behavior that this man is alleged to have done. I'm trying to, you know, hey man, but you know, let's 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 stick this through, boom, boom, boom. But then I have to catch myself. Slim, you just downloaded the Nas album. I just downloaded the Nas album. Right? I'm I won't listen to Kanye West because of dumb comments that he made, but I listen to Nas, who beat his wife. Who am I to tell these kids to try to quote unquote impart any type of wisdom when I gotta check myself? I haven't listened to Nas since Saturday. And I'm using this time not to preach. Again, I don't want to think you guys are that I'm preaching or I'm you know I'm holier than thou. This is therapeutic for me because th- this sat with me. And then when the, the, the young man passed away, God bless the dead, it was like, yo, there was just a lot going through my head, through my mind. And again, I don't know him. I never heard his song, never heard a single song by him. His music hasn't touched me. But the idea that, you know, we excuse so much based on talent, based on preference. Are we really trying to get better? There are a lot of people who swear they won't watch football again. And that's cool. The NFL, I should say. But I found out in having these conversations that many of those people didn't like football. Didn't really like the NFL that much. My sister, she's straight up with it. I commend her every day because she loved football. She loved the NFL. She stopped. She just won't watch it anymore. She's done. Most of us aren't like that. Most of us don't have that type of integrity. That will, like myself, I'm not pointing the finger at anybody. I'm, I'm looking at myself. I'll be done with Kanye West, but if he's rapping with Cuddy, eh, I really like Kid Cuddy. So how much of a sacrifice is it? It's, it's, that's not even a sacrifice because I'm not a Kanye West fan. Man, I, 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 I'm done with Kanye, but damn it, I love Pusha T. My love for Pusha T outweighs my sickness and, you know, my annoyance with Kanye West. And a lot of people are like that. Maybe you are too listening to this. But man, that just didn't sit well with me. It just didn't sit well with me. And then when this young man passes away and I'm seeing the effect that people had, that he had on people and, and people excusing 
his behavior on the, that that he's twenty. People comparing him to Malcolm X, T Pain talking about how most men may have your most fathers may have put their hands. No, I will never. I will never accept the idea that most men. I hope most men do not act that way. Do not put their hands on women. My daughter will never ever have to wonder about me putting my hands on any woman, let alone her mother. This is not going to happen. So I refuse to accept that. I refuse to accept that just because he's 20, that allows anybody the, 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 the leeway to do that type of dumb thing that he's alleged to have done. And again, God bless the dead. I'm not trying to make this about him and, uh, uh, you know, driving and dragging his name through the mud as, as after he's gone. This is more about me and trying to, to navigate mentally like how we how we do this because it seems like if if you have a product or if you are talented enough, if you are loved enough, we excuse a lot. Look no further than Bill Cosby, Harvey Weinstein, Matt Lauer, Bill O'Reilly, doesn't matter your political beliefs, doesn't matter your race, doesn't matter your age. Nas. Right? What do we do to fix that, bro? I don't know. That's not a rhetorical question. I'm I'm again, I stopped listening to Nas and I enjoyed the album, but it just didn't sit well with me. Is that growth? Am I being self-righteous? I don't know, man. Y'all hit me up. I, I'd love to hear this from you guys. Because, again, I'm, I'm kind of opening the doors here. You're, I'm allowing you to kind of uh, allowing you in the room as I self-assess. Right? Because this really weighed on me. Like, this wasn't going to be a topic. This wasn't going to be a second quarter, let alone a topic. And, you know, we like to have fun with the show. But, man, I, I feel like, you know, we, we've, this is the 61st episode. And if you've listened to this show... For any amount of time, you know, I hope you come to expect more than just laughs. Um, more than just basketball talk, just some, some real talk, man. Just really shooting it because I felt this joke. And it's clear this rapper, this specific rapper, he may not mean anything to you. But if you got young people in your life, young men in your life, there's a good chance he means something to him. And if you got a young woman in your life. It's even worse. You, I shouldn't say it's even worse, but it's another layer. He may mean something to her, despite the fact that he has been accused of doing some god-awful things. So how do we fix that? Because make no mistake, it needs to be fixed. I'm all ears. Hit me up on Twitter at Quarterly Show. That's Q-U-A-R-T-E-R-L-E-E -E -E Show. Or email me. Do you have any suggestions? Am I tripping? Do you, do you agree with me? Do you think I'm, I'm reading too much into things? Wherever you fall on the spectrum, I'm opening this up, man. This is my therapy, right? This is a therapy session that I'm putting in front of the world. You know, hit me up. Email me in the show at quarterlyreport at gmail.com. All right, guys, that is the horn. We had a long first half, pretty long first half, heavy second quarter, but chill out. You know, we're going to get back to the fun. No problem. Don't worry. I'm not going to weigh you down this week. We're close to the weekend. The NBA draft is later on tonight. And this past weekend in sports, I got to say, it was kind of wild, Joe. But 
I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm such an NBA fan. That people don't take too much that the NBA does too seriously. You know what I mean? Like, the NBA does some really dumb stuff. But nobody takes it seriously because it's all a game. Nick Young, for example, said that cocaine should be legal and that everyone should try cocaine. Can you imagine if an NFL player said that? Oh, my goodness. But in the NBA, that's Nick Young, Swaggy P, he's stupid, whatever, boom, 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 boom. And we're done with it. But when I see some of the things that happen in the sports world this weekend, I feel like every sport should have some of basketball sensibilities to just dismiss stupid behavior. And who better to be the ringleader, right, the general in terms of making sports less serious and dismissing dumb behavior? Who deserves that spot more so than the man the myth, the legend, Stephen A. Smith. It's our halftime this week. Check it out. We know that when Stephen A. Smith gets upset, he gets really upset. I, I don't know what I'll, I don't know what I'll do. And by the way, ESPN, don't even try to get me to do anything with it. I'll quit first. I can I, can, I just cannot take. Can, I, 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 I just I, I can't take it. Just the thought of it makes me stutter. But what if? We borrowed Stephen A. Smith's passion and anger to other sports. You, you want you you want Blake Griffin yeah, over easy, Carmelo easy, Anthony? Easy, easy. Yeah. I don't even know what to say to you right now. Take Phil Mickelson's blunder at the U.S. Open this past weekend. Imagine if Stephen A. Smith gave Phil a piece of his mind. I'm so damn disgusted. That this damn Phil Mickelson is still in New York City. I don't even know what to do with myself, Max Kellerman. I don't even understand how you, the ultimate cool, I'm going to start calling you instead of Max. I'm going to call you the Matrix because I don't understand how you can be so damn cool. Stephen A. Smith is a national treasure for sports fans who don't take their sports or their analysts too seriously. This week when you're voting at the booth, make sure you vote for Stephen A. Smith, not just for the NBA, but for sports worldwide. This message has been paid for by Stephen A. Smith and the Quarterly Report. Hey, your man Stephen A. be wildin', Joe, but I don't know what's worse. Stephen A.'s exaggeration, like his emotion and how crazy he gets regarding certain topics or like the fervor, the anger, the legitimate anger that people had at Phil Mickelson this past weekend. I'm not a golf guy, you know what I'm saying? So I'm not going to spend a quarter on it. But, like, people were legit mad that Phil Mickelson did something that I do all the time at Putt-Putt, Joe. I thought the joke was funny. There's nothing worse, in my opinion, in sports than silly sports. Like, because sports are just games. People taking these games so seriously. Phil Mickelson putts, misses the hole. He runs to, to hit it again. I don't know why he was doing it. I just thought the joke was funny. It's like when you see baseball, when you watch baseball, and skippers who are dressed up as if they're playing the game. They got the tights, you know, they got the uniform, they got the little socks, and all this other dumb stuff. And they get mad, and they start spitting and yelling at the ump and kicking dirt. I'm like, bro, what are you doing? You know how stupid that looks? When, when pitchers get mad because a, a batter knocks a home run out and they look, they look too long at the home run, or they take too long to round the bases, so they throw a ball at somebody. Slim, I don't know. Like, that in sports pisses me off more than anything, almost more than anything. 
people who take the game so seriously that they don't even know that they themselves are looking like a fool. Like football players run around with a helmet and all these crazy colors and cleats on and tights and pads, but you can't dance when you get a touchdown. <laughs> you get a flag, the moral police comes out. You're playing a game that literally could be making your teammates and other people crazy. The game literally could be making you lose your mind. But we draw the line for, in, in regards to morality when it comes to thrusting your hips after you celebrate a touchdown. <laughs> the whole concept is so stupid. And Phil Mickelson having fun playing golf. Lord, God, heaven forbid that you just can't be silly. People were talking about he should have been disqualified and that he ruined the, oh, y'all need Stephen A in your life. Right, Stephen A truly is a buffer. I believe this. He is a buffer because he's so ridiculous himself. You can't then get upset at dumb things when you watch the NBA because Stephen A. Smith eliminates all that by his dumb behavior, which is hilarious. Like, it, it truly is like an Andy Kaufman-esque, you know, um, <laughs> you know, role that he's playing, right? He, he is somehow, you know, turned being upset at ridiculous things in the NBA. Lord knows there are so many dumb things that happen in the NBA, but Stephen A. prevents you to get upset about it. He's like, get upset at me because I'm going to say something ridiculous and I'm going to make you laugh while I do it. You know, I, I, performance art at its finest. All right, guys, that was halftime. We're ready to shake things up. We made our adjustments. We're going to finish the show off strong, starting with the third quarter. And my guest this week, producer of Grant and Danny show on 106.7 The Fan, my guy, Brendan Darr. Third quarter. Not only is my next guest the current producer of the Grant and Danny radio show, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. on 106.7 The Fan in D.C., he's also the co-host of his very own 2018 Cup Roundup podcast, which breaks down the World Cup, which is ongoing as we speak. Ladies and gentlemen, my guest, Brendan Dar. Brendan, what's going on, man? And thank you for joining me on the Quarterly Report. Armand, thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Nah, thank you, bro. Pleasure's all mine. Make sure you guys follow my guy Brendan on Twitter. He's at Brendan Dar. That's B-R-E-N-D-A-N-D-A-R-R on Twitter. Really fun follow. And again, like I said, he has his own podcast, which is breaking down the World Cup. And that's where we're going to start. Um, you know, I'm not the biggest soccer fan, but I've always enjoyed the World Cup. You know, the prestige, uh, just the 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 large scale uh, civic pride, the whole nine, right? So usually during the World Cup, I always rock with, you know, the stars and stripes. But as everyone now knows, you know, we did not make the World Cup. We didn't qualify. So my default usually then goes to like a Caribbean team or Haiti or obviously uh, an African team, right? But there are no, you know, Jamaica's not in it. Haiti's not in it. And, you know, thus far, at the time of this recording, at least, you know, the African teams, they're not looking too strong right now. So as someone who breaks down the World Cup, you know, give me a novice, you know, give me some teams that I should keep an eye on. Like, you know, for instance, you don't have to love the NBA, but if you want to get to know and like start to enjoy watching basketball, I'd suggest watching Golden State because they play such a fun style. So with that as a context, as a backdrop, what are some teams that, you know, novices such as myself should keep an eye out on during this tournament 
So the first team I would point to is Belgium. They already had their first game of the World Cup, and they won 3 nothing. It was very exciting. Granted, they were playing a really bad team in Panama, but they've got nothing but attacking talent. They've got great defenders, too. Don't get me wrong. But what everybody always complains about with soccer is that there's not enough goals, and that's not a problem for Belgium. All they do is attack, 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 and they're – probably one of the favorites, one of the top five favorites to win the World Cup, and they're also very exciting. Teams like Germany, they're, you know, a little bit boring, a little bit robotic even. Uh, Brazil is always really entertaining. They've got Neymar. He will probably draw 10 fouls a game, so (laughs) there are going to be some people that are turned off by the fact that he's on the ground a lot, but he does get routinely beaten up. Uh, I mean, he probably could have had 15 fouls called for him in the first game, but he didn't get them. He only got 10, only 10. (laughs) So Brazil is wildly entertaining. They've got a lot of attacking talent. And I would say the last team was a team that played today, Senegal, who pulled off the upset over Poland. They've got a bunch of young attacking guys that I really like that have kind of – flailed around in the Italian league and done well elsewhere. So now that a lot of these guys are doing better, as we can see today, upsetting Poland, they're definitely an attacking team. They've got a lot of good young players and they're led by Sadio Mane, who plays at Liverpool, who were in the Champions League final. He's their number two or three guy at Liverpool. And he's the number one guy for Senegal. And he's great. He's a lot of fun to watch. They've got a bunch of young wingers, they can obviously score on good defenses. Poland, I mean, they were down their best defender today, but even still, it was a very fun game, and they're a very fun team to watch. Well, boom, there you have it. Senegal is my squad this year. Let's go, baby. Once again, I'm joined by my guy, Brendan Dar. Make sure you follow him on Twitter. He's at Brendan Dar, B-R-E-N-D-A-N-D-A-R-R. He is the co-host of the 2018 Cup Roundup podcast. Make sure you download, subscribe to that podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, you name it, it's there. Um, So, you know, like I said, I enjoy the World Cup because of the prestige and just how big of an event it is, right? But I'm not necessarily the biggest soccer fan, you know, outside of, you know, once every four years. However, as my daughter gets older, she's starting to take a liking to soccer, which then in turn makes me pay more attention to it and I'm starting to enjoy it. So she and I both are geeked up about, you know, the new stadium for DC United, going there, it's going to be like a big family thing. And then, you know, a few months back, we started hearing about Wayne Rooney possibly coming over uh, to DC United. And then that becomes official about a month or so ago. Um, But in that, that kind of signing has been a big type of divide, a big debate within this community, the soccer community at large, about how important and how smart this move was for DC United. So I'm curious to hear your opinion. Um, Where do you fall on this divide? Is it a good move for DC United, or do you question why exactly they're doing this? So I'm kind of on the side of not liking the move for DC United, but that's mostly because I see it as – just a pure PR marketing. PR right. So, like, if it were five years ago, yeah, obviously that'd be great if you could sign Wayne Rooney. 
But you're right. not getting five years ago, Wayne Rooney. You're getting the current version. The current version's kind of broken down. What we know him for is scoring goals, but he doesn't really do that anymore. He's more of a withdrawn player. I mean, the club team he played on this year, he was playing as like a central midfielder, which is if what you're paying him, that's not what you want. And right, right. You're paying him to be a striker, and he's not going to be that. And, I mean, D.C. United has done well the last couple of weeks with their upgraded midfield. And, I mean, Rooney as the striker with that midfield could be good, but it can right. also be really, really bad. And I just see it with more downside on the field than the upside off the field. Once again, guys, I'm joined by Brendan Dar. Make sure you follow him on Twitter. He's at Brendan Dar. He is the producer of the Grant and Danny Show, Monday through Fridays, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. on 106.7 The Fan, and the co-host of his own podcast, the 2018 Cup Roundup Podcast. Make sure you guys download and subscribe to that if you want to get more informed with what's going on with the beautiful game. All right, so, Brendan, you know, you know me um, from our time working together. I love the NBA. Much of this podcast is about basketball and the NBA itself. And, you know, I've said in the past several times, and I'm not just saying this because you're a guest on the show. I truly mean it. Um, when it comes to DC Sports Radio, there are only two real shows that I can listen to. And one of them, you know, are one of them is the Grant Danny Show. Uh, and, and the main reason is because Danny Ruye, in my opinion, is one of only two hosts in the entire market on either station that knows the NBA and that loves the NBA and the Wizards. And I'm sure you've heard it. I hear it all the time. People complaining about, you know, man, why don't DC Sports Radio, why don't the stations talk about basketball and the Wizards specifically? You as an NBA fan, and you and I have discussed this personally, we've gone back and forth on Twitter about the NBA as well. You have a different perspective because you are actually behind the scenes and, you know, controlling these shows, one of the biggest shows in the market. So as an NBA fan and someone who is a part of DC Sports Radio, why is it that you think that the radio in DC doesn't really give the NBA and the Wizards specifically as much attention as many people um, think, think it deserves? So it's kind of a chicken or the egg thing. Is the issue that DC Sports stations don't talk enough Wizards, or is there not enough interest in the Wizards from callers? And I honestly don't have a good answer to that. Now, the problem being that the Redskins basically own right. radio from, you know, late July until basically the Super Bowl. Right. And there's only that small window from February to May where they can really get in. Hopefully June one day, but, you know, they'd have to make it past the second round. Right. And I, I don't know if the issue is that we don't talk enough before February. Right. I mean, we've been trying to do more and more NBA because you've seen the TV ratings. They're massive, right. actually. Right. And this year they were up locally, and they were 40% higher than the Caps. And there just seems to be more passion with Capitals fans. Right. And that's weird to say because all I ever see on Twitter are NBA debates when, 
you know, the World Cup's not going on, and that's all, like, LeBron Jordan dominated the entire world where it didn't have to, but it did. And it's because the NBA has interest 24-7, even in the offseason. Right. And somehow that doesn't translate to radio. And we did calls, or we tried to take calls, on the day of the NBA trade deadline because it looked like the Wizards might make a move. They might stand pat. Who knew? And we didn't get a single call. Yeah. So that was kind of tough to swallow because I, you know, was stumping for a couple hours for that, and we didn't get it. So then, you know, we get to the playoffs, and the only time we really get calls is on a John Wall-specific topic or an Ernie Grunfeld topic. And it's frustrating for me. I know it's frustrating for Danny. It's frustrating for Grant because, like, we see the TV ratings. Right. We see the people listening, you know, hour to hour, you know, segment by segment. But somehow it doesn't translate into calls. And I don't know why that happens, but it's tough to talk more than, you know, 15 minutes at a time if you're not taking calls on a certain subject. And especially at a time when the Caps are doing well. Well, yeah. There's a goalie debate, you know, going on right before the playoffs. There's, you know, the matchup against Pittsburgh in the second round, and then they win the Stanley Cup. So we did a segment last week where we basically asked people to re-rank the four major teams in town. And I would say 80% of people had the Wizards fourth. Right. And it's not like it was, you know, all Redskins fans just saying it's Redskins and then everybody else. It was Caps one, Nats one, Redskins one, kind of, you know, probably 33% each. And we got one person who had the Wizards above third. And it's frustrating as a Wizards fan. So I don't know how you fix that. But I think winning is really the only way that fixes it. Once again, guys, I'm joined by Brendan Dar. He is the producer of the Grant and Danny show on 106.7 The Fan. Make sure you guys check that out each and every day, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. through 2 p.m. Again, one of the best D.C. sports talk radio shows that we have. He's also the co-host of the 2018 Cup Roundup podcast. So I couldn't recommend that enough. If you really want to get to know more about the World Cup and the teams or you just really enjoy, you know, this this tournament that the world is all paying attention to. Um, So, Brendan, I want to stay with the Wizards for our last topic, our last um, uh, point Um, outside of LeBron, because he kind of has this, you know, this overarching kind of control over the NBA and the Warriors. um, The biggest NBA topic right now as we approach the NBA draft is Kawhi Leonard and the fact that he may be available uh, via trade. In my opinion, there isn't anything, there isn't anything that the Spurs could ask for, for most teams that I wouldn't be willing to offer up for Kawhi. In my opinion, Kawhi is one of the top five players in this league and he's still only 26. You know what I mean? So he hasn't even entered his prime yet, or if he has, it just started. Um, when you look at the landscape in the Eastern Conference, obviously LeBron has had a, a death grip on it for close to a decade now. But the Wizards, they haven't been able to break through past that second round. And even this year, they lost in the first round to the Raptors of all teams. And now you see on the horizon, Boston, Philadelphia, maybe even Indiana. And that's all assuming LeBron leaves the conference, which he may not. 
If I'm the Wizards, I've said this earlier in the show, I'd do anything. I would do anything to trade for Kawhi Leonard just so I can keep up with the Phillies and the Bostons, etc. Is there a package that you think the Wizards can put together to get Kawhi Leonard and keep themselves uh, up to up to par with the Bostons and the Philadelphias? Or do you think that, you know, breaking up Washington's big three, if you will, is too much to ask to bring Kawhi to D.C.? Well, it's unfortunate. I don't really think that there's anything they can do as far as the package to upstage Boston or Philly. I right. mean, I'd like to, but I don't think Ernie's going to give up Beal and Porter to get yeah. Kawhi. I would strongly consider it, but right. at the same time, I'm not sure I could give up both. If there's a package I could give up with only one and the moon outside of that, I would do that. <laughs> Right. If, I, if I could give up Porter, Oubre. And what about the 15th pick? This year's first round pick at number 15. Would you do Porter, Oubre, and 15 for Kawhi? No, 100%. I'd do that in a second. Right. Just, just you know, give me the contract. I'll do it. Whatever it takes. <laughs> right. I, I guess Beal is more of the untouchable of the two to me. I think we can both agree Porter is overpaid and probably the more easily replaceable of the two. Mm-hmm. I know you think Gil has been overrated in the past, and I have agreed with you in the past. But at this point, he's yeah. just—he's more valuable than Porter. And I think Ubre is wildly overrated by Wizards fans in general, just because yeah. they like him. I, I think he's a big, strong personality, and people can get enamored with that. Whereas Beal is more reserved, so there's less for people to like. I, Ubre to me is. I mean, you could replace him with Jair Smith at 15. And right. what's the difference? Neither can really shoot threes that well. Ubre's improved, obviously. Smith can't really shoot threes at all. But the defense is better, and he could step into the starting role in like two years. Right. Uh, to me, if you were to make a trade for Kawhi and you make a play, it involves Porter, Ubre, the pick, probably next year's pick, basically anything else it takes to get Kawhi to D.C. with Wall and Beal. I think that's about as good of big three as you could make in D.C. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, that's my guy, Brendan Dar. Again, he is the producer of the Grant and Danny show on 106.7 The Fan. Catch that show Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. through 2 p.m. He's also the co-host of the 2018 Cup Roundup podcast. Listen, download, subscribe, rate, and review that podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Brendan, thank you so much for joining me this week on the Quarterly Report, man, and uh, talk to you soon. Armand, I appreciate it, and I hope you continue to do well. I always like listening to this show. All right, so we are three quarters down. Thus far, we've talked about Kawhi Leonard. We talked about good music and kind of tragedy in music. We've talked about Stephen A. Smith and Phil Mickelson, the Wizards, the World Cup. What could we possibly end this week's show on? Well, to find out, stick with me for just a few more moments with our fourth topic this week. Fourth quarter. Earlier in the show, I told you how, you know, when the summer months come, it gives me an opportunity, gives me the space to kind of really break down uh, larger scale topics. You know, last year, guys, I told you guys about my, my theory on 
eliminating the draft lottery because everybody had a problem with tanking and also cutting 20 games off the season. So we have a perfect 62 game season, but we add in like a, a mid or we add in a tournament to see who gets the, uh, the number one overall pick, right? For teams who aren't going to make the playoffs. And, you know, I'm all for, I, I would like to think of myself as a solution oriented person, right? Everybody can tell you why something isn't working or why you should change it. But I'm more interested in how you're going to fix it. Like what is the solution? So my second four way foray, if you will, into trying to improve the national basketball association. I think the biggest issue for me, at least with the, with the league is, you know, super teams, right? Now look in the eighties, the Celtics or the Lakers were in every single NBA finals, right? But there was a legit doubt. Like who would win between Boston or LA, right? Which team would win in the nineties? You know, a lot of people wax poetic about how good the Knicks were or the Pacers or the Supersonics and the Blazers. Look, we all knew the Bulls were going to win. The only times I doubted if Chicago was going to win or not was the first year versus the Lakers and the third year against Phoenix. Every other year, I knew they were going to win because they had clearly the best team. But even, you know, with Houston, I really thought my Knicks were going to win, right? And then... When San Antonio won, I, de- I didn't think the Knicks were going to win. But, you know, there was a legit, you know, concern. Maybe maybe the Lakers win or you knew somebody out west was going to win. But there was at least intrigue. You watch the NBA now, you know the Warriors are going to win. And the only team you could think has a chance is Houston. And I don't even know if Houston is going to be the same team next year because Clint Capella is going to demand a max contract. So how do we eliminate super teams specifically golden state because imagine how i mean i enjoy watching golden state but imagine how much more fun this league would be if kevin durant stayed in oklahoma city or if kevin durant went to boston because now you you wonder if, if lebron goes to eight straight finals right because kd is in boston him going to golden state didn't just make golden state so much more dominant it took away from the teams who could theoretically beat the t- a team that won 73 games, right? A team that won 73 wins. So the league now is basically, and it's always been like this, right? You got four, three to five teams max who can, who can win a championship, but the talent pool, especially up top is so high that now all the, all the elite players, they don't want, they want to link up. And the NBA needs to do something about it because there's no, they don't, there doesn't need to be 30 teams now. But if the best teams have two to three of the better, best 20 players in the league, and that's kind of the way things are going to head, they got to, they got to, they got to cut this off before we get to that point. And I think I have the perfect solution, and it's really simple. Keep the salary cap, right? And it's, it's, this isn't a brand new idea. I'm not pretending like I stumble upon the, the meaning of life, but it's something that I don't think is voiced enough. And it's so simple. Again, keep the salary cap. You know, we could, de- we can, we could debate having a salary cap if you would like, but I do think ultimately it does present some, if, if owners are honest, it does present some type 
of um, level playing field, if you will. Because every team isn't making money. Every team, every team's owner doesn't have large pockets. Okay, so if if the Knicks, for instance, if we weren't restricted by the salary cap and James Dolan money is super long, same with the Clippers. I mean, certain guys don't have money like that. So why would guys sign there if every team could just throw off whatever? But I do think they should. The NBA should do away with maximum contracts. Meaning, if you still had a salary contract, let's say it's one, one ten is the salary cap, the luxury taxes, you know, you can't go above one twenty five or whatever. Let's just say that hypothetical, right? But there are no maximum contracts for any player outside of the rookie deal. Well, we know LeBron ain't taking any type of pay cut. So if the if LeBron James signs a two hundred dollar contract, well, guess what? You got to fill the rest of your roster out. Or if you if you give LeBron James a hundred million dollars per year, for instance, right, at a hundred and ten salary cap, you got ten million dollars to fill out twelve, thirteen more spots. So you're not going to get LeBron James and Kawhi Leonard unless you draft them, right? If Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green all could be signed to whatever the market dictated. You know, Clay Thompson, he's not going to take an $18 million contract because if someone's offering him $50 million, he's not going to do that. So we, Draymond has gone out and told you he took a pay cut once. He's not doing it again. And it's different to take a pay cut when the most you could get is 20 and he took 18 and a half, right? Like a million and a half is a lot of money, more money than I've ever seen in my life. And that's asking a lot. But imagine if, Someone else was offering Draymond $35 million a year. You think he takes $18 million to stay in California where it's taxed even more? I don't know. So, I mean, and again, this is America. Why should we have limits on how much we can make? Again, I feel like with the NBA, we do. We always put the onus on contracts on the players. And like completely overlook that there are men and women in front offices who get paid handsomely, get paid more money than most of you all listening to this show and myself to run teams, right? To offer contracts. Tim Hardaway Jr. is making $17.5 million a year. God knows why. And that's going to hurt the Knicks. Absolutely. For as long as Tim Hardaway is on, on our books, it's going to hurt us. But that's what we have to deal with. That's part of that's part of being a successful team. So if every player can make them as much money as they possibly could, they got agents, players. They are the in the NBA. They are the must. They are the talent, right? The NFL sells the name on the front as opposed to the name on the back. We've heard that that tagline for decades now. The NBA is completely different. They sell you the players. So why shouldn't the, each player make as much as they could? but while keeping the salary cap. Because I know players will sacrifice a million, two million, maybe at the most five million to win. I don't know if players sacrifice 10 million, 20 million, $30 million to win. Because rest assured, if Anthony Davis was a free agent, absolute free agent, and he could sign whatever deal that he wants, similar to baseball, oh, 
I don't know if New Orleans would keep him. But if they did keep him, they wouldn't be able to have DeMarcus Cousins. So what does that then do, right? It forces teams to draft well. Because, again, you have those five, four or five years of cost-controlled contracts. And it also makes everybody, every team, if we really do want competitive balance, well, you know you're not going to be able to have four of the best 20 players or 25 players in the league in Golden State because Kevin Durant's going to ask for 60 to $80 million annually. Same with Steph Curry. Boom. If they both get $80 million contracts, I mean, you can't do it. That's 160. You're over the limit. You see what I'm saying? So the, 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 the balance of the league then gets, first off, it's, it's American, right? We're a capitalist society. Let's feed into capitalism. Like it doesn't make sense that we all know LeBron James is far is worth far more than whatever thirty million dollar contract that Cleveland's going to get him. His his basketball deal is or his his Nike shoe deal is worth more than that. There was an article not too too many years back talking about how the real teams these guys play for are their shoe companies because that's where they make their money, not from the from the teams and the teams are making money hands over fist, right? You got teams selling for billions of dollars. The Clippers went for billions, multiple billions of dollars. Get out of here. So if if the NBA truly, truly wants to do away with the super teams, well, you got the solution. Like, make it literally impossible unless you draft. And again, if you draft and the, and the owners seemingly want to, to put it in to player movement, because the NBA, man, I mean, I, I love the fact that the players know their worth. The players, un, unlike football, where the dynamics are just completely different, where players are just cogs in the machine. The NBA, they know their worth in the, in the, in the grand scheme of things. And I, and I actually do like that. And again, we could have a debate about having a salary cap. We can have a debate about rookie contracts. We, hell, we can have a debate about the draft if you would like. But I don't think all of those things go away. But if the owners truly wanted to do away with super teams and the owners truly wanted to do away with player movement, well, that's, here's, here's, the, here's the bone that they could offer the, the players. Like, hey, we'll do away with max contracts. Who wouldn't want that? Like, you can make as much money as you, as you can earn. Get a great agent. You think you're worth $50 million? Man, if, if any other team thinks so, they'll offer it to you. Because we, one thing we know about the NBA, owners and front offices, they can't control themselves. So we laugh when we say, oh, man, you know, maybe LeBron gets 50. Maybe Steph Durant gets 50. But that's not going to trickle down to the middle class. Well, I mean, no. Otto Porter's not going to make $50 million. But, hell, Otto Porter's making $24 million now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Bradley Bill's making $23 million now. Tim Hardaway, $17 million now. You don't think that they would get the trickle-down effect what happened to them too? The smart teams will find a way to kind of feed off of the, the lower-tier deals. But again, all that money rises up. And keep, keep the salary cap, keep a salary floor. Make the team spend the money. Imagine what that would do. If Giannis signs a $60 million contract, but you know what? That means, you know, Maybe, maybe, you know, Damian Lillard can't stay in Portland because they also have C.J. McCullough or 
you know, um, Nikola Jokic, like all the all these really good players who are playing along other players, right? Carl Anthony Towns plays with Jimmy Butler, and the Timberwolves foolishly gave a hundred plus million dollar contract to Andrew Wiggins. Well, under this new rule, you wouldn't be able to keep all three of those guys. So now the talent pool gets spread around, and the smart teams, the teams who draft well, the teams who don't spend ridiculous amount of money on contracts, well, they'll be best positioned to challenge the teams like Golden State. See, Golden State drafted Steph, they drafted Clay, they drafted Draymond. So, you you know, that's that's fine, but I think most people have the issue with Kevin Durant heading over there, right? Well, take Kevin Durant away, and he'll go wherever, whoever is the highest bidder, because Golden State wouldn't have enough money. Well, then imagine how the playoffs look. Imagine what Chris Paul, if Chris Paul went headed out east. Imagine how different, you know, seeing LeBron go to the finals every single year. Imagine how different that would be. I mean, if it's intrigue and drama that we want, not just in the offseason, but throughout the entire season and the playoffs, why doesn't this work? If you have an answer, I'd love to hear it. And you can give me that answer anytime, night or day, on Twitter. We're at Quarterly Show. That's Q-U-A-R-T-E-R-L-E-E Show. Or you can email me at QuarterlyReport at gmail.com. QuarterlyReport, Q-U-A-R-T-E-R-L-E-E, report at gmail.com. Also, we are on every multimedia platform. So wherever you like podcasts, tell your friends, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, Podknife, you name it, we're there. We're all over. Let everybody know about the show. If you love us, give us five stars and rate the show on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. And tell your friends, tell the world, tell myself how much you enjoy the show. All right, guys, I want to thank you again. Thanks to my guest this week, Brendan Darr, for stopping by, breaking down the World Cup. Also, again, guys, this show is airing on Thursday, each and every Thursday. So if you're listening to this on Thursday, remember, we're having a draft party. My guy, Troy Halliburton, one of my best guests that comes on the show, he's throwing a super dope DC Family Anonymous to, uh, NBA draft party for Wizards fans and NBA fans alike. Again, the 21st, which is tonight at 7 p.m. at Half Smoke DC. That's at 651 Florida Avenue, Northwest Washington, D.C. It's going to be a really fun show, a really fun night. If you like the NBA, if you love the Wizards, and if you love the draft, come on out, man. It's going to be a lot of people, a lot of smart people discussing the Wizards and the draft. It's going to be so much fun. Come down, see me, say hello, talk, grab a few drinks, get something to eat, and then watch the draft with us, man. It's not going to be a better, a better, there's nothing better you can do tonight if you're an NBA head. All right, guys. That's this week's show. Again, thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you right back here next week on The Quarterly Report.